The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. This podcast is sponsored by Fiverr.com. Fiverr is a marketplace for creative and digital freelance services. And in fact, I use Fiverr for quite a lot of the things that we do here at Cognolytica and AI Today, including the editing of this podcast, the generation of transcripts, and more. I definitely encourage you to take a look at using Fiverr for your creative and digital needs today. And I have a special offer for you today. Use the promo code AI Today for 15% off your first purchase on Fiverr.com. Offer valid until December 31st, 2018. Hello and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Maltz. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. On today's podcast, our guest is Taryn Southern, who is a YouTube personality and singer who is releasing a new album entirely with artificial intelligence, fittingly named I Am AI. Welcome, Taryn. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, welcome, Taryn, and thanks for joining us today. So we'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about your background and what inspired you to create an album using artificial intelligence. Sure. My background is quite varied. I've always been a little bit of a dabbler in the sense that I've had a lot of different creative jobs in the creative industry. I've been a writer, a producer, an actress, an editor, pretty much you name it, I've done it. I just love to create. And so I think the common theme in my world as an artist is to look for new tools and look for new exciting things that have come onto the market and figure out ways to integrate that into my work. At least that's something that's always been very exciting to me. I uploaded my first YouTube video back in 2007 when it was still just a very nascent platform. My very first TV show I ever did, I traveled around the world and met my MySpace friends for DirecTV. That was in 2006. There have been so many exciting new tools and technologies that have come onto the scene that have impacted storytelling and impacted creativity. And so I think that would be the through line in my career is finding and kind of using those tools mainly because I just like to experiment and I love spaces where there are no rules and there are problems to solve. And so similarly with the AI album, early last year, I stumbled upon an article from the New York Times that was basically discussing some of these issues that were arising as a result of AI platforms getting into the music industry. And as an artist, I got really excited because I also am a hobbyist musician. And so I went online, checked out some of these platforms, started thinking about how I could use them to potentially create background music for my YouTube videos or for some of my larger scale productions. And that was my initial entry point. And then it was within a few months, I realized I could actually make, from my point of view, music that was good enough to explore making an album with. And that's how this whole project came about. All right. Well, really cool. Yeah. So let's dig a little bit deeper to the AI side of things. As you know, our audience are folks, and especially in enterprises and technology companies and professional services companies and a wide variety of organizations that are putting AI to use in their organizations. They probably have not thought about this particular use of AI. So tell us a little bit about sort of the way and the methodology and the approach that was used in particular. I know you've been using an open source AI platform called Amper Music to help create songs on your new album. So can you tell us how this process was different than the traditional way of doing things? And just tell us a little bit about the process. Sure. And it might be somewhat relevant to say that I'm working with four, possibly five. Um, There's another new company on the scene that I'm trying to wedge into the album, but definitely working with four AI companies. And 
every single process associated with that platform is very different, very unique, depending on how the programmers have programmed the software and also the intent at which they you know, wanted the software to be used for. So, you know, each process is quite unique. When it comes to Amper, it is an open source platform. I like to refer to it as sort of the AI Music 101 platform. It's the easiest to use. You don't need any skills in coding or in music to actually create something. The way it works is you sign on. It's all cloud-based. You basically input certain parameters such as BPM, instrumentation, mood, genre, things that you would want to serve as a framework for the music that you would like to create. And from there, the AI fits out an initial composition or a rendering of a composition, if you will. And then from there, you can change as many or as little of those parameters as possible to alter the feeling or whatever it is that you want to alter in the song, you can do so. And so that's how that platform works. And then from there, you can take stems of the music, download those stems and rearrange, mix, do all the little tweaks that you would do in a regular songwriting process. I think what makes the process different than the traditional way of making music, the honest answer is, particularly with Amper anyway, it's not that different from me working with a collaborator. While I'm a hobbyist musician, I do not have a traditional music background, so I can barely plunk out a few chords on the piano. So if I write a song, it's usually the case that I'm writing vocal melodies and lyrics. And so I have to go into a producer and sing my song and hope that the instrumentation that they envision for that song also fits my vision. And if it doesn't, then there's sort of an iterative process back and forth where I'm, you know, vocally attempting to convey what it is that I heard for the song. And so it's a bit similar with this AI program. A lot of times I'll take the, you know, I have a song in mind that I want. I'll say to myself, I want to create an anthemic pop song with cinematic elements that sounds a bit like a soundtrack to fit these lyrics that I created. And sometimes the AI comes up with something that is similar enough to what I'm thinking that I can just go back and forth in a process maybe 20, 30 times, changing various aspects until I get a version of the song I'm happy with. Sometimes it gives me something I don't like at all, so I just trash it and I start over. Sometimes it gives me something completely different that was unexpected, that was not what I envisioned, but that's better. And that's Mm -hmm. really cool. And very similar to the process of working with another human. You just don't know what you're going to get. The difference, of course, is that I can now make an album from my bedroom And there are pros and cons to that. Obviously, musicians who enjoy the collaborative process say that that is an integral part of making music. But I would also argue the hobbyist musician that one of the biggest barriers, one of the largest challenges of actually making music are the cost and time barriers that exist as a result of that. In LA anyway, it's actually very hard to find a producer who's willing to collaborate on a track, who's talented. They're expensive, oftentimes hard to schedule. And so for me, I end up not shipping a lot of my music to the world because there are just too many barriers to doing so. And so if I was a 17, 18 year old looking to get into music, this is a really, really exciting entry point. And depending on how skilled you are at coding or understanding the underlying principles of AI, you can actually make that process even more collaborative and more interesting by working with some of these platforms that require like an IBM Watson, for instance, that may require a bit more input by the human, more coding knowledge, but also the ability to really finesse and get creative on the back end with the music that you're making. Okay. Yeah. Really interesting. Now, I know you mentioned that you were using four to five different AI tools for your new album. Can you talk a little Uh bit about each of them and then maybe the pros and cons of each, what you liked about it, how it made it more helpful? I know you talked a little bit about that, but we'd like if, if you could elaborate. 
Sure. So you've heard about Amper. Amper is great for the beginner musician or the beginner AI enthusiast who's just curious what these tools can actually accomplish. I also think that for a quote unquote beginner tool, it's incredibly robust. I think the music it produces is also quite fantastic. What's interesting about Amper is that when it renders out a piece for you, it's rendering out a fully produced piece of music. In other words, you're getting the strings, you're getting the drums, you're getting the piano. And those notes that you're hearing were all individually recorded by the programmers who created Amper in a studio at various notations. You're talking about thousands upon thousands of sounds that they have recorded and now store in their bank. The other AI companies that I'm working with do not render out fully produced pieces of music. So you've basically either got a piece of sheet music or a MIDI file that is then yours to transpose or to convert into a fully produced instrumentation. So for someone who may not be as skilled in music, that could be considered too complicated. So Amper would be a great place to start. The three others that I am currently working with include IBM Watson, which is a very robust tool. It's not currently open source, but it will be soon. I believe they'll be releasing it on GitHub, actually. So the whole plan is... an eye out for that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the whole plan has been to make it open source. I think they wanted to fix some things or I don't want to speak for them, but I know that they're very excited to get it out there. You know, been working on just making the platform as good as possible. I have it on my computer. I think it's awesome. (laughs) I'm really excited about it. What's unique about Watson is I can take any kind of music data that I like and feed it to Watson so that it can learn, you know, within its neural network to create music from the data that I've fed it. So if I give it a specific genre or right now, for instance, I'm working on a song that is an anthem for the blockchain community. (laughs) And we don't actually Mm -hmm. talk about blockchain in the song, but the idea is, of course, like revolution and independence and something that can feel like a technological anthem for 2018. And to make this song, I thought, well, why not take well-known anthems from as far back as the 1600s <laughs> and feed wow. it to Watson and say like, Watson, what would you learn from these songs that represent freedom? And whether or not it actually learned something unique to that specific genre of music is really more up to the listener to decide. I think it's created some interesting results. But more than that, as a creator, as an artist, we all look for sources of inspiration. And I just find that like being the inspiration of the song is incredibly interesting. And it's also shifted how I've thought about releasing the song, the video for the song, some of the musical instruments being used in the song. We're now using some classical instruments in this piece that wouldn't have otherwise probably been chosen. So the inspiration point is unique. And so as an artist, I love that. And then the other two programs I'm working with are Google Magenta, which is open source. You can, And they have actually a few different AI music tools, not just Magenta, where you can compose, but also things like Incense, where you can combine different sounds using AI technology. So I could import a sound of my cat meowing and combine that with a flute. And now we've got a flute cat in the song. <laughs> so you can really get creative about what, you are, uh, what you're integrating into your music. And again, this falls into more like, I don't know that listeners may necessarily not appreciate some of these things, but as an artist, you just get excited about the possibilities of combining different modalities. And then the fourth company I'm working with is a company called Iva, which is based out of Europe. It's a set of AI that has been trained specifically on classical music. So primarily music from the Romantic period, some from the Baroque period, I think over 15,000 
pieces it's been trained on. So it's highly skilled in classical. And I thought, well, what happens if I try to take a classical romantic period song written between 1800 and 1830 and now transpose that into a pop song? Give that a pop song format. Can I actually do it? So I gave myself a challenge. I gave myself a box. And I'm really happy with this song. It sounds like something, almost like something you would hear in a Westworld <laughs> soundtrack. Oh. Either of you. Oh, cool. That show. Oh, yeah, interesting. Um, it's just unique. It's different. And so my first two songs I released with Amber are very much cinematic pop song. And in fact, if anyone, probably the greatest criticism I've heard is it sounds just like every other crappy pop song. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> you know, when you read the comments, which I'm like, hey, that, I'll take it as a compliment. That's if, good. If I can, <laughs> well, you know, not good, but that's what, that means that the training <laughs> is working at least, right? Yeah, exactly. But I'm hoping that some of these other songs that I put out that are a little more out there will also showcase the unique capabilities of AI as a collaborator mm -hmm. in reaching new areas of creativity. So when you used these tools, did you use one tool for each song or did you use multiple tools to create each song? One tool for each song. Yep. Okay. I, and then I, you could you could theoretically use multiple tools for music making, but but did I you do it because thing. you wanted to you know have practice and the authenticity of just the one tool to one song? Yeah, I think it's probably easier for listeners to grok if there's a specific tool being used, and there's also maybe unique sound or like we were talking about the pros and cons that might result in a different artistic product. And so probably good for people that are unfamiliar with AI and what it can do for music to hear the range of possibility. Yeah. So, I mean, these tools sound definitely very good and we've had experience with some of them. I mean, IBM Watson, of course, the most, and that definitely can, can get expensive. I mean, was this, you know, using many of these tools, was this an expensive thing to do? Can other people follow your path and not spend a lot of money on it? Sorry, what was it that you said was expensive about it? Yeah. I mean, what, I mean, there's a lot of tools involved. So yeah, was this expensive to put together? No, quite the opposite. <laughs> so I say like when I typically work with producers, I'm paying by the hour on studio time and it gets very expensive. So with all the tools I've been using, I've just been using, I started actually just using GarageBand as my DAW tool for Watson and for Magenta. But now I've actually, I've decided to go ahead and bite the bullet and purchase Pro Tools. But that's even, it's not too bad. I think it's like a monthly fee. So I've been mm -hmm. able to actually fully compose all of the music myself, which I've never, in, in terms of bringing in the stems, rearranging them, actually doing what I transposing like in the case of IBM Watson transposing the MIDI into different instruments I've been doing that all myself and normally I leave that up to a producer but because it's giving me all the raw material it makes it so much easier for me so I've learned a lot in the process I've become a lot more self-sufficient in my music making so really the only money really the expensive part of this whole album is making the music videos but I'm used to that because I'm a YouTuber so I'm accustomed to always just spending money and hoping for the best <laughs> later it's like a little mm -hmm. mini startup and of course I do record my vocal in a professional studio, but Amper was kind enough to let me use their studio in LA for free. So that was very helpful. Oh yeah, that is very helpful. So overall, it sounds like your experience creating your new album has been pretty positive using these artificial intelligence tools. So do you plan to use these tools going forward for additional songs and albums that you'll be releasing? Absolutely. I think the tools will just get a lot more robust. You know, as IBM Watson, for instance, once they release their open source code and people start developing front-end platforms that are more Amper-like in terms of simplicity and options that people will have in creating music, creating different entry points into the music, I think we'll see a ton of artists adopt this. In the same way that 
15, whatever. I actually don't know the timeline, whether it was 15 years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. But at a certain point, there was a massive shift over to producers in pop using primarily synth music and loops and beats. And that was a huge kind of monumental shift in how they went about making music. And I think AI will similarly be adopted by most of the community in some form or another. And people will cherry pick the things that they like that AI does and then avoid the things that they would prefer to do on their own. And so it really becomes a question of how people choose to use their own creative energies and uh, mm-hmm. focus on the things that they love to do most. Yeah, well, that's, that's actually a really good segue. So, you know, as a final note, I mean, what do you believe is the future of AI, you know, in general, but maybe even more specifically, its application to entertainers and musicians and, you know, creatives of all types? Well, I think for one, like I mentioned, is significantly reduces the barriers to entry. You've got kids in all parts of the world who may not have access to formal music education. We've seen music and the arts. It's always the first area to be cut. And that's my life. And so if this gives more kids access to creating, then I'm instantly a fan. And we've seen technology do that time and time again, just looking at the smartphone. I mean, pretty much anyone can now be a professional photographer slash filmmaker with just an iPhone, Mm -hmm. which you could not do 10 years ago. And it hasn't killed the film industry. It's just meant that you can have more players enter the game and learn and get better in a craft and expose them to a form of creative expression. So I think that AI has a really bright future in in music creation and just democratizing the space, allowing more people to get in. And I also think it might have a unique place in actually creating new forms of music that we haven't yet contemplated. The fact that we can run neural networks and do these comparative analyses of different genres like samba with, I don't know, 1800s (laughs) Baroque piano pieces might end up yielding some very interesting musical works that might not have otherwise been created or thought about. And so for the naysayers who say, oh, well, AI is just going to create more of the same bad stuff, if that's what it's been training off of, potentially, yes. But there's also this really exciting possibility that we'll see more genres come be reintegrated back into the music scene in an exciting way. Okay, great. Well, I think this is excellent. This has definitely been a good change of pace. I think for a lot of our podcast listeners, we cover a lot of different topics. You know, we've talked to folks from Boeing and BMW, and now we talked to Karen Southern. So you really added a new dimension to what we've been thinking about with AI. So I just want to thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. And we really appreciate you participating. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Taryn, for joining us. And listeners, as always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes, as well as a link to Taryn's music video. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group. And make sure to join the Cognolytica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also, subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright 2018 by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.